everybody. We're live. It's Infinity Whoa. Rewatch. This is our first time being live, and it makes sense because Moon Knight is a very lively gentleman. There's a lot going on in his head. So what better time than this? Am I right, Ryan? What better time? I mean, oh my god, I, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. This is like the best Disney Plus episode yet of, of all the Marvel series. It's so freaking good. It's so good. I'm gonna compile a montage of every time you've said that throughout this show, because I feel like it's they just keep topping themselves. So it's like um, Okay. If I had to rank, if I had to rank, I'd say this episode's number one, the, mm -hmm. the second episode of Moon Knight. And then immediately after is the last episode of Loki with kang the conqueror <laughs> and then third place would probably have to be uh would probably have to be uh mm, kingpin. <laughs> yeah it would probably have to be kingpin <laughs> mm -hmm. now one thing i want to say right off the top i'll get out of the way is we are now living in a post lego star wars the skywalker saga world ryan that's all everybody's talking about all my students are talking about it all my friends are talking about it. it's all over the place do you think we'll ever see a lego star wars mcu universe or marvel universe in the vein of this game and have you had a chance to play the star wars game and if so do you like it uh, I have not. I, I, to be honest, the Lego games are usually hit and miss with me, and it, mm -hmm. only because, only because, and Legos are fun. I love Legos. I love playing with Legos. But I don't know. It's just the games never quite hit it with me. You know what I mean? Like they just never do it. Um, and to be to be honest and quite frank, you did get a Marvel Lego Marvel game, and it was really good. It, mm -hmm. it was. You had a plethora of of characters to pick, unlock, and play. And it was a fun game, and it's a complete game. Like it's it's a complete. There's no saga though. There's no MCU story. It's just it's just hey, here's the world of Marvel, and you just pick which characters you like. In fact, I enjoyed playing characters like Spider Man and Ant Man because they they actually kind of make that kind of gameplay really fun. And it was fun for me to switch like Hulk from Bruce Banner to the Hulk because the little things like that just make me happy. Uh, but yeah, like overall, I loved it. Um, uh, but I mean, Lego games though, over, you know, they're okay for me. They're okay. I mean, would I, let, let me put it this way. Would I prefer a, you know, uh, a higher graphic, you know, much more like Batman Arkham style game of Marvel? Hell yes, I would. So if that Lego game was more of like a Batman, a Batman Arkham style game with Marvel characters, sign me up. Sign, you know, just check them boxes and put my name on it. You Ryan heard it, Marvel. You know what game to make. This man will buy that game. Uh, you're right. Lego games, they're really fun, but they really tend to outstay their welcome pretty quickly, I find. Uh, they're great in small little doses. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have, uh, I've heard that this one is very different from what they've done before. So it's, it's making me curious, like, what have they done differently, etc. But don't remind me of games, of Marvel games with all kinds of playable characters because I'm still waiting for my board game to come in the mail. I'm still waiting for my Marvel United. Um, I am <laughs> I am hoping and praying, and I'll make a, pre a half prediction, half prayer, that it gets here before Moon Knight is over. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll update that the progress. Time. <laughs> I know, it's still so long. But I'll update the progress at least every time we have mm -hmm. an episode of this to be like day forty-three. I'm still waiting. The postman didn't. Okay, well, if we're if we're talking about housekeeping items, then we we'd be remiss 
Not to say that we got our tickets for Doctor Strange, baby. We're going to Doctor Strange. It's going to be so good. And uh, but yeah, we got our tickets. Funny enough, it was a quite an, an odd, quite an odd experience getting those tickets because certain theaters were never put on the site. For example, oh. I go to we go to our, our like Etobicoke Queensway. That's our mm-hmm. typical that's our typical hangout for going to see these movies. And I'm not gonna lie, I go I when it comes to Marvel movies now, it's like VIP or nothing, like you know, <laughs> or IMAX or IMAX at least. But like, but if I have to, if I have to swallow that pill and go see regular i will but i'm not going to be happy about it but i will do it um but once you tasted the vip experience i mean it's so good but my point is my point is oddly enough there were very select theaters for dr strange so we're going to see imax 3d to be fair not a fan of imax 3d but we're seeing it in imax so i'm going to take i'm going to take my wins and we're going to just run with it um, but yes, we got pre-screening night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. I can't wait to talk about that movie. I mean, Rami's back and I love Rami, you know, army of darkness, dark man, Spider-Man series. Love me some Rami and he's doing a doctor strange film. So this is going to be epic. He feels tailor-made for him. It really does. I also hate three. I love IMAX, but I hate 3d. My friend made me uh, a special pair of 3D glasses that actually cancels out 3D so that I can actually just watch a movie and enjoy it. But I have a feeling they don't work on IMAX 3D because IMAX 3D is a different type of eye-to-eye formatting. So I'll bring them and try them out. But I have a feeling I'm going to have to also bite a similar bullet and have keys jingled in front of my face like a toddler. But at least this is a shorter Marvel movie, so it won't, you know... It won't take up too much of our, our time. We won't walk away it with won't. huge migraines. It's it's one of those things, and you know, I apologize, man. It's no, it's not your fault at all. Best. It is not your fault at all. Thank you for getting the tickets. <laughs> I mean, if if in the end, if I can get if the priest for some magical reason they open up pre-screening at the theater we usually go to, then great. I will get yeah. tickets. But until that unless that does unless that changes, which it probably won't. And we're going to Toronto. That's yeah! what we're doing. But but it's going to be great. And uh, funny enough, uh, Morbius is taking quite some hits. It is not doing well out in the movie theater world. Did you see Morbius yet? Nope. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to make a prediction here, and then we'll we'll jump into Moon Knight because I saw Morbius, and it's exactly what you expect. It's an a totally okay bland movie right Uh, totally okay um i have a feeling because a lot of critics are bashing it right and i don't tend to listen to critics very often like i just you know yeah i like to make my own judgment or you know critics are well you're 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 a writer and a critic yourself so i naturally you're gonna go see it yourself and critic critic for yourself right even when i critique something i don't listen to myself that's how little (laughs) i listen to critics um but the thing about professional paid movie critics i find the majority of the ones that i have sat down and listened to I would say like 95%, if not more, are in the camp of people who are like, oh, I'm so sick of Marvel and how everything has to be connected. Why can't there be more middle, you know, those, that's their opinion. 
And I have a feeling because Morbius is trying way too hard to connect to things and because it's doing it poorly, they are using that as their excuse to jump down this movie's throat. And the movie itself, the Morbius story, is not getting really a fair shot at being critiqued. It's like, oh, finally, something that proves us right. Ah, we're going to give it bad reviews. That's what I feel is going on here. Because it's like every all these critics, and there's so many of them, and like directors, we've heard Scorsese talk, how they're like, oh, the superhero thing again, everything connects. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Marvel's been doing it beautifully. So there's been no room to wedge yourself in there and be like, see, see, this is bad. I told you. And now Morbius comes along. So it's a rising tide raises all ships, but a lowering tide can sink them. And I think that's what's happening here is it's giving these people something to point at and say, we were right. Uh, it's got too much politics around it, in my opinion. And and when I say that, I mean, just like, just amongst the fans, really, it's not even, I, I like, I understand, I understand Sony has the rights to these things and they can do whatever they want. And they are, they are doing their darndest, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing their darndest. And I, I wholeheartedly agree for, for people out there, you know, you also have to respect what if there are comic book fans that work on this movie and they're proud of it. You know what I mean? Like they're proud of it. So you should pay, literally pay your respects to them for making the movie. But at the same time, on the other side of that coin, um, for me as a Marvel fan, uh, I just, I just like Kevin Feige's playground and I don't want to go anywhere else. I, I don't. And I've still have not seen the second Venom movie yet. And people were like, Oh, Oh, Ryan, it's like the Saturday morning cartoons all over again. I don't buy that for, I, I don't, because there's something really special about those cartoons. And I, I just can't believe that that movie will deliver that experience for me. I can't. I honestly can't. And it's not like those cartoons. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. <laughs> there you go. The, when, when, when Peter Parker walked into the Sanctum Sanctorum and talked to Strange and Wong, that was like the cartoons. When, Iron Man uh, talks to Captain America and then, you know, Hulk showed up, whatever. That was like the cartoons. Uh, The Venom movie, Let There Be Carnage, was not, period. (laughs) It just wasn't. Um, You're right. Kevin Feige's playground is a special playground. The swings are beautiful. They don't squeal when the chain moves. The sandbox doesn't smell like piss. The slide doesn't burn you. It's just a wonderful playground where everything is great and fun and everyone is welcome. Uh, and like you it's said, a so playground trying. where everyone's going to have a good time. There are no bullies there and everyone treats the playground with respect. That's right. That's very important. There's no bullies in this playground. And Feige's just walking around making sure like weird creepos don't come in and talk to your kids, right? Mm-hmm. He's got everything covered. This, this, It's a the best playground you could ask for. And exactly. Sony is uh, Sony built their playground uh, with good intentions, but they built it in like a weird, loud area next to some train tracks, uh, and and the um, the metal is kind of rusty and leaves that weird metal smell on your hands. You know what I mean? It just needs some polishing. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it doesn't need is all these critics jumping down its throat and saying this is a bad playground because I've always hated playgrounds and that was my excuse to dump on yeah. playgrounds. Hundred percent. Now, Moon Knight, 
Critics can I don't think they can say anything about Moon Knight so far. Speaking of speaking of live action Saturday morning cartoons, let's Hey-o. talk about the second of <laughs> I honestly, honestly, the pacing for this show is so good. It's so brilliant because the first one was all about subverting expectations. And the second one was like, now that we've done that, here's what it's all about. And it's so good. It is such, it's so good with the subversion. Oh my God, I love it. Uh, But yeah, it's because I was curious and I remember asking this in the first episode is are they going to treat Mark Spector as as if he was nuts and that none of this is real? And they did. They took it right there. (laughs) They just, they put the chess piece right there and it's a checkmate. And that's so, again, another unique thing about this guy, right? That he stands apart from all the other Marvel heroes that we've gotten in the sense that, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, buddy. Yeah, sure. You got the spirit of Khonshu. Why don't you just step into this doctor's office and we'll take good care of you, yeah. right? <laughs> it's it's a wonderful little uh, little just notch in this character's belt, which is already full of notches of cool things that he has that the other ones don't. Um, I. I think it's funny that you bring up pacing because I had a thought and I will save it for when we get to the end of the episode, but I want your opinion on it. Uh, just remember my pacing thought and then we'll, we'll get there. I have it in the notes too, so I shouldn't forget. Um, but our buddy, Stephen Grant is slowly but surely unraveling the secrets of Mark Spector. Um, and of course nothing, uh, the, these Anubis jackal dogs don't show up on camera. So there's nothing really to substantiate what he's saying. And then he finds out that there is a locker with Mark's stuff in it. Uh, And I wanted to know if this was a comic reference at all, Ryan, uh, because the locker number that Mark's stuff in was number 43. So I was like, okay, did Moon Knight first appear in like, you know, Werewolf by Night (laughs) issue 43? I couldn't remember the actual number, but is that something? No, but, but... The QR code, if you scan it, is a free issue of Werewolf by Night that introduces Moon Knight. Are you effing serious right now? I'm dead serious. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is is the official first issue of Werewolf by Night with Moon Knight. See, now let me... The very issue we talked about on Digital Chicoutery. That's right, in your video. And you can watch that. If you still don't know who Moon Knight is after these two episodes, first of all, are you paying attention? Second of all, watch Ryan's video and he will explain it beautifully with pictures and words and music. And even he shows up and says things to you. He might even throw money at you. I'm not promising that. But oh man, that, <laughs> that is so cool. This QR code thing, I that went totally over my head. Um, see now, if I was to pull over my movie critic friend here and tell him that, He'd be like, oh, why does the QR code have to correlate with Werewolf by Night? Why does it all have to connect so much? Oh, I hate this. Honestly, it's, but again, you have, I think this is one of those shows that walks that fine line where it's giving the fans everything they want, but it's Mm -hmm. also giving the people at the back of the movie theater everything they need to enjoy the show. And it's it's a very... 
it's a very fine line. It's it could go it could go super comic book heavy, and a lot of fans will be like, or sorry, a lot of new fans because because remember, like when we get into these kind of discussions, like you know, as fans, we want to help educate the non fans as much as possible because you know if you're just catering to your fans and you're not expanding your brand it's that mm -hmm. simple you're not bringing in new people and and to be fair if that happened we would we wouldn't have video games near where they are today if it wasn't for new people playing games and the same thing goes for marvel we wouldn't be anywhere near it if the movies did not do well and they catered to a wider audience and don't get me wrong the comic stories are 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 great on their own medium in terms of if you want to experience a comic book story, pick up a comic book. But if you want to experience a comic book character in a movie, there's going to be changes. And it, and it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's a learning process. And in Moon Knight's case, it works. And I'll tell you why. Because Stephen Grant is the character that is our avatar. He is, we're, yes. we're experiencing everything through his eyes. And as he learns Mark Spector's story, we're learning it through him. And this is something you is is very hard to do as a writer. You you even do it in your book. And man, we are just product placing today. But you do it in your book when you talk about side scrollers. Is you try to set up through the hero's eyes, and you're trying to explain the rules of everything going on around it. But it's hard because you're trying to create this empathy through the character. So it's, it's a constant kind of juggling here. But what's interesting about Moon Knight is his multiple identity disorder that allows us to become a character in this experience and then have this kind of, um, this kind of synergy with the character that allows us to just relate or even... And it's funny because it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the mask we wear in from the movie, the, the mask, but it's different personas we put on to better, you know, uh, adjust to the circumstances around us. So this is what's brilliant about Steve Grant. Now, Steve Grant in the comics is a millionaire. He's a suave dude. And he's, of course, he's another aspect of Mark Spector. But in this one, he technically is still, he's, he's got money. He's got a lot of money. And you find out in the locker. But the, the beauty of it is, is that his aloofness, his the the kind of making him the fool character or the 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 job or the the mild mannered character is great as storytelling tool because we get to now and it's and having the character talk through a mirror is interesting because it's almost like we're going through his eyes and then having a different character talk back at us so there's so many layers to this that's really fun and I, and it, I think it's going to be great for both audiences and 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 like you said it the, these seeing him struggle with these identities is going to be really fun. And it is. This episode, it's so good. But I just wanted to cover that for the, this beginning part and talk about talk about how they're doing this. And I messaged you the second we, we found out through security cameras that you only see Stephen Grant and nobody mm -hmm. else can see it. And I, I love that. I think, I think it's a very hard thing to do because you're now telling the audience what to believe and what not to believe and but you now but now you have to take that as far as it can go this is where thor lost a lot of ground because thor you could have taken it far and and made him feel like a homeless crazy person and and then have him have these miracle like marvel moments but in this what i love about it is they're pushing it they're like yeah maybe he is just nuts 
but how can you explain the suit and the whole conscience right. thing? Oh man, Ryan, I wish you were the spokesperson for Marvel because that was beautiful, <laughs> man. That was like thank you, thank you. That's like if I was like a, a crusty old executive at Disney and they were trying to say like we want to make this show and I'm like well you got to explain it to me from a business business blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if you would have just said what you said I would have been like you would have melted my heart like the Grinch and then I would have been like yes you can do whatever shows you want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I but but it's I mean you know I think I think the beauty of doing the show feels like I, feels like we work for Marvel we just don't get the Marvel money. You know, we don't get all the perks and benefits, but in the end, we can just enjoy it and talk about it together. <laughs> exactly. And hey, if anybody listening wants to donate Marvel-appropriate sums of money, we will not say no. We will nope. thank you on the show profusely. We may even get tattoos with your names on them, um, especially Ryan. He will definitely yeah, you know that. what? Isabella wants me to get a tattoo, and what better way than to celebrate by putting our fans' names on my body? Beautiful. I, I think you should, <laughs> you should get the Colin Farrell bullseye tattoo on your forehead. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Too soon, man. We're still feeling that movie. He made me miss. Um, uh, there were That's two the quotes. <laughs> there were two quotes that Steven said in this episode that were just amazing quotes. And the first one is here inside the, um, the storage locker when Mark shows up in the reflection of the wall and uh, Steven sees him and he says, oh, here it is. Here it comes. <laughs> he's, he's so like, he's already so just like frustrated by this whole situation. And mm -hmm. uh, I, what I loved was for this locker moment and throughout the rest of the episode too, but the locker moment was our first time where he really, without, you know, the panic of a dog trying to eat his face, he really gets the time to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Mark. Uh, and I like that. I, I wanted that. I wanted them to have a rapport. I wanted one of them to kind of, I wanted Mark to kind of start explaining things to him a little bit. Um, so that whole back and forth in the storage locker really was necessary. And I love that it's included. And then uh, the show takes a little uh, moment to remind us how utterly terrifying Conchu is. Uh, just showing, and they did this great, again, another little subversion that you don't see too often where, you know, the lights are off and they're in the hallway and he keeps seeing Conchu in the hallway and already it's like nightmarish and Conchu's coming towards him. So he runs and he's like going through this labyrinth of storage lockers and horror movie logic, Ryan, would tell us that he would turn a corner and Conchu would be there waiting for him and just staring at him. Well, he does turn a corner and Conchu is there the country's looking in the other direction. And then he kind of hears him and turns around and looks at him. And I just thought, oh, that's really cool. I've never seen that done that way before. Um, but I love that Kanchu is just kind of playing with him in this really sadistic way. He's kind of a jerk. He is. I, I But I like what they, I like the tone they set for him in the second episode because I was a bit worried with what they're doing with the first one. Like, uh, like he, he kind of, in the first one, he's kind of a bit of a troll. Like he kind of, mm -hmm. like I said before, where he's kind of like, uh, oh, the idiot's back. And like, you know, he's like uh, truck idiot, you know, like stuff like that. And I, I, I was worried that they kind of made him too fun. But this, this episode just kind of reset him completely. 
and they made him dark. And they, they actually, that's, this is exactly how he is in the comics. Like that's the, how he talks to, to Mark and Steven in this part, in this episode is exactly how he is in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's a very authoritative, he's a God. Like, why would he have fun with somebody and be like, drop idiot, you know, like stuff like this. Like it kind of like Thor, you know what I mean? Like bro Thor. Like yeah. this is this is a guy who's he has a mission. His mission is justice. So he's not going to be all like fun and games like as much as uh, as much as like he has a job to do, you know that because that's what that's the powers he was bestowed. So this one, yeah, I like the horror theme they played. The hallways was really cool. There's a there's a moment I wanted to, wanted to address, and and I thought it was interesting to see. Did you notice that weird fear? freeze frame shot that they do with with steven grant before he runs outside where he's like <gasps> and they do this kind of like they do this kind of like zoom in as he's just like <gasps> i don't think i remember that there's a weird freeze frame shot and it lasts for about i think it's about three seconds and and isabel and i thought it was kind of weird but it, like I, 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 there's nothing more that needs to be said other than it's a weird transitional shot because then it goes immediately to outside where he runs in Mila. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was just it was bizarre. But maybe but I yeah, thought my I, internet was crapping out and I didn't take notice. <laughs> that's my point. That's it's kind of, yeah, it's just bizarre. But, but still, I, I like the fun of the, the horror that they're using. Like, cause like the interesting things we have to remember in this is that. The two themes they used for the promo of this is this is supposed to feel like Indiana Jones meets Fight Club, which is an interesting mix put together. I'm definitely getting a lot of Indiana Jones vibes for sure, but there's a horror to it, which makes which makes it kind of fun. It makes me kind of think like, what if Indiana Jones was a horror? Like, what would that be like? You know what I mean? So that's fun. But anyway, we get introduced to Layla. Now, Layla is an interesting character. And there's a couple interesting things that are going on in the show that I think that's really interesting. So we meet Layla, and I love how he's like holding her shoulders as he's riding a scooter. And we can't forget that though we are, you know, seeing things through Steven's eyes, really, and 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 I say that specifically, not Mark. I don't say Mark because because once Mark's in Mark mode, then then we're kind of just along for the ride. All pun right. intended, really. Yeah. But we're along for the ride because the emotional connection really takes place with with Steven. And it's and you'll notice that in the structure of this episode, I think, as as we watch it, is is all the emotional connection goes through Steven. All of it. And then once it goes to Mark, it's like it's like you literally sit back and you watch a hero do his thing and why he does his thing. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Like the multiple personality thing is really kind of cool for film storytelling. I'm always, I'm always a big fan of how do you involve the care? How do you involve the viewers? Because that's what makes game storytelling so much video game storytelling so much fun is how do you involve the viewers? Well, you're not only are you watching it, but you are now the hero. Here's the controller. Go right. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a movie you have to sit back and you, you get, you get that moment by by connecting with the character. You get you get that moment of feeling a part of it when you feel when you feel like you connect with the character. Like for me, like that's why you know more often than not, I'll watch a Captain America movie because I'll relate to the character. Um, so so yeah, so we get we get the introduction of Layla, and it's funny. He has I love that moment where he finally holds her, and it, and it's kind of like he's getting that connection he's always wanted, which is really adorable. 
Um, when we get to the apartment, there's an interesting nod. If you notice in the book bookcase when he comes in, uh, there's a book called uh, A Man in the Ice, which is uh, which is an actual book. But in the MCU, it's obviously referenced to Captain America, which I thought was really, really awesome. Um, and now Layla is interesting because like there's a scene we'll get to later on and I'll explain that when we get there. But she actually could be a comic book character and they changed the name. And it's this is kind of interesting because my theory is playing out that I think actually... A lot of the characters in this are comic book characters, but they're trying not to spell it out for you or for comic book fans anyway, because they want the comic book fans to to kind of sit back and enjoy this a little bit. They don't want you right. being the detectives and figuring everything out so quickly. Like if they made every character the actual name of each character, then you know where the story is going. You know what events are going to happen. And they, I don't think they want that because again, as a Marvel MCU formula, the events may be the same, but how they get there and uh, and how they get there and what the characters are like may be different. So and that's part of the fun is all the surprise. Exactly. So Layla, I think, could be the love interest and her name's like Alura, Aluna, Aluna. Um, so Aluna or something like that. So if that's true, then that makes the, a, a scene with the with the police later on very interesting. So she could be very much a character, and she could be very much the love interest because they they were married. We find out that they that she is married to Mark Spector and now potentially getting a divorce. Yeah, uh, the director actually did a really cool thing where we meet Layla because we're still with Stephen, and Stephen doesn't know who she is. When we meet her, we don't get a good look at her face full on. Like, we don't get the traditional introduce a character shot. Uh, instead, she's just like, get on my Vespa. And then you only see, like, the corner of her face as we focus on Stephen behind her and a little bit of her in the Vespa's rearview mirror. I thought that was a really just cool little directorial choice as mm -hmm. we zip back to the apartment. And then we finally get to know her as she starts answering some of his questions um, and I, I had a lot of trouble figuring out what accent she's supposed to have. Because sometimes she sounded British, sometimes she sounded French, sometimes she sounded American. And I'm like, what is this lady? Where's she yeah. coming from? Um, yeah. So is, uh, is this character uh, that you're thinking of, Aluna, is she a particular, like, is she from somewhere and supposed to have an accent? And that's what this is? Because I couldn't figure out for the life of me what she was going for. She's supposed to be, I think she's supposed to be American because she is actually an archaeologist or well, her dad's an archaeologist and she just kind of goes with him and she's supposed to be blonde. So my guess is she's supposed to be American. Um, but again, with the accent, I think she, I think she's probably English, but she doesn't, she's English, like hints of English. It's like one of those English accents that's really subtle. And then when you yeah. hear particular words like tea or like you know table you know all that stuff like you'll start to hear the mannerisms or like the slang if you will like the you know those words right but yeah i don't know that could be her that could be i don't know why the accent is the way it is i see what you're saying but fun fact in the scene so she comes in they're they're talking about the mother and like she's like trying to figure out what's going on with them and telling him telling him to drop the accent and everything um first of all again 
a lot of mystery going on here. Obviously, she, which is weird because obviously whatever happened in the desert, he didn't develop the identities, uh, which which makes sense because he doesn't develop the identities until after Khonshu gives him his power. But what tells me is, is that the second he got his powers and she's obviously seen the suit and everything, um, what, these personalities developed much after they were together. So, right. uh, so they've been apart for some time and it could be, could be because of the snap. Ooh. So that's that a great may, point, man. Yeah. May, maybe something, right. And maybe that moon Knight got snapped and he was out of the picture for five years and they, they haven't quite made that, uh, relevant in the conversation yet, but that that's what it could be. That's a great point. I didn't think of that. I mean, that is such an important touchstone in the MCU timeline that you can't not address it. Mm -hmm. uh, like you can't have Mark slash Steven go about their life and like for this whole series and him never talk about how he was affected by the snap. Like you just can't, especially because he has loved ones, at least one loved one. Uh, two, if you count the fish. Um, maybe three, maybe three, and I'll explain why later. Ooh, Duchamp, perhaps? Nope, not Duchamp. Oh, somebody else. Mark Spector's getting around. Um, but yeah, so there's there's a uh, there's a a clear impact that this would have had on him, and finding that out because of the nature of the show, because it's about remembering things and not knowing where you've been for X amount of time, finding it out is almost a necessity, I'd say in this point even if the answer is we all survive the snap knowing it is important i think whereas mm -hmm. in the case of somebody like kate bishop for example she can say yeah my mom died in the snap and came back and i was fine whatever and it doesn't really affect what's going on in the hawkeye story it's just something nice to know about her her background and etc but with mark i feel like you need to answer that question. Uh, so I'm really glad you brought that up. That's that's definitely something I hope we talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't last long with Layla. There's divorce papers there. Uh, then, of course, the police, quote-unquote police, come in. Always police. They around. show up at the worst time. And the funny <laughs> thing is, last night uh, I... Um, because, you know, I'm always trying to watch new movies. So last night I, I turned on one of my uh, new movies to check out. And it's this 1970s thriller called Across 110th Street uh, about like gang war in Harlem in the 70s. And doesn't it open, Ryan, with a bunch of people going to an apartment to do shady things. And then two guys who were not police officers knock on the door dressed as police officers in uniforms that they stole pretending to be cops in order to get wow. in the room. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Illuminati <laughs> confirmed. It's Doctor real. Strange, multiverse madness. <laughs> in a theater uh, near you, and maybe, the theater kind mm -hmm. of near you, <laughs> made for it. <laughs> exactly, right? I got, I'm going to double check, but yeah, it's just weird, weird. Anyway. So, okay, so interesting enough, um, interesting enough, in this scene, the cops are actual comic book characters. They are, they are comic book characters, which is pretty cool. But uh, honestly, that's all you really need to know. Uh, they, they play cops. Okay. Uh, okay, so 
let's get into it. So the cops take him to meet Arthur uh, Arthur Harrow uh, in this nice culty area. Now, the interesting part about this this story is they they exactly reference his origin story from the comic. Harrow's or or Marks. Marks. They say they. She, it starts off with the with the lady cop. She's like, "Oh well, you got to see this guy's record. He's an international mercenary, contract killer." Oh. And they also say, uh, "And he killed an archaeologist," which is not technically true. He was framed for killing the archaeologist. So that is really interesting. So fun the fun part is they haven't acknowledged raul bushman who is like one of his major arc nemesis um but uh, the fun part of this is is like that whole section is like accurate accurate points to the comic so that was like the best moment for like me like heads exploding in the car or uh, heads exploding during that scene where he's in the car just like um so and then the interesting part is so we get to the cult area and he meets arthur now what i love about um what i love about this actor's approach to this villain is he talked about designing this villain he actually had kind of carte blanche to make up this character to participate and he says what's interesting in movies these days is it's ethan 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 hawk right ethan hawk yeah, Ethan Hogg, he said what's interesting in most kind of traditional hero versus villain, the villain is the one that appears more insane than the hero. And what's nice about Moon Knight is it's actually vice versa. The, the villain seems more composed. I mean, aside from smashing glass and walking on, you know, shattered glass the whole time. But That's he appears totally normal. totally normal. We all do it. But he appears sane, collected, and very calming like he's a very calming individual and he seems very understanding what i liked is is that he he what i liked is is that he acknowledges that steve stephen grant's going through something and he kind of has empathy for him which is kind of which is kind of interesting um it's interesting for a villain to connect with a hero on that level so i wanted to point that out that this is, this is a very carefully designed villain now the interesting thing about this is that we get to the sitting at the table, has the soup. He's talking about how he can predict what Conchu's saying and and or can hear what Conchu's saying. And he's like, oh, he's probably telling you this and he's probably telling you that. And he's probably telling you to kill me right now. And he's like, oh, you don't have to kill me and all this stuff. So why I'm bringing this up is I think this could, this could be. Now, a lot of people have a good point that I can't circumnavigate right now, but it could be a film thing. Like maybe you have some thoughts here, Fantasia, which I'm going to ask for, um, which is, I think it's very possible, very possible that it could be his brother. That Arthur Harrow is actually his brother because uh, because his brother, uh, I, I can't remember his name, like Russell Specter or whatever. Um, because he once was given the power of Khonshu, but he became very murderous very quickly. And he was also he was also very out of hand. So there's kind of that nod there, and you know, Isabella immediately fired back at me. And she's like, "They can't be brothers. They look nothing alike." 
if you ever met me and my brother, we look nothing alike. <laughs> my brother has red hair and a huge red beard and he wears glasses. <laughs> so we don't look alike, but we do sound alike. Um, and uh, the interesting thing here is, is that it could be his brother. I, I honestly am, until I get a bit more concrete evidence, I don't see why not. Because why would he even play the brother card right out of the gate? If he, if, if, uh, if he may, he may have recognized him. They may not have seen each other for a long time, so you don't know. And they don't have to casually mention that they're brothers right out of the gate. They could even just be like, "Hey, you know, like I could look at you, and we could be brothers." And I could just be like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Right. So there is this possibility, and I, that's why I think that there there might be a third relationship here because this scene is interesting and it really sets up not only the fun of like, and I love the the morality and the discussion of justice what justice is and which is which is also kind of the fun arc of this story is like Hanshu believes that like you know once you cross the line then you're bad justice needs to be served right. and Amit's uh Amit's way of justice is is like I know you're bad because I've seen it I believe you're a bad person I'm gonna stop it before it happens but how can you prove it, right? And that's and that's the interesting thing is like, and that's what I like about Stephen Grant questioning is like, how can you prove that? Like, do you kill a baby? And and then what's interesting is this conversation almost is like Thanos, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's all about Thanos, and again, once again, about the snap, right? Because they talked about an endgame. Why don't you just go back in time and just kill him when he's a baby, right? And like, it's <laughs> like first off, that's wrong. But like, but the the same argument of justice happening is like if you knew this person is going to do something really bad do you do you stop them way before it happens or do you, do you do you stop them as it's going to happen you know can you can you stop it as it's going to happen like kind of thing so that was an interesting debate but i think it's interesting because like he could be his brother or he could be a, an amalgamation of characters taking that element from his brother this whole conversation that they have, I think it was my favorite scene in this episode because it's just, it's this beautiful verbal sparring. But yeah. they take it to this other cool level where, as you mentioned, Arthur is totally calm and reasonable. And Stephen is raving and sweating and nervous, whatever. But if you listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth, Arthur is speaking horrific madness. And Stephen is speaking what's on our minds uh and this is where he has my second uh favorite quote of the episode where he you know he's being told about Amit and he tells Arrow I'm gonna do my best Oscar Isaac British here <clears throat> isn't that a bit dodgy trusting the judgment of a weird crocodile lady like <laughs> it's it's uh you know it's so funny seeing this guy who's like sitting there all hunched over and he's like trying to eat his lentil soup and he's worried that he's going to get killed and he's speaking the truth. And this man who is completely at ease being a perfect host talking casually and comfortably is speaking of killing babies because the crocodile lady said we'll do bad things in the future. Like that is horrifying. And it's a great little back and forth uh, to watch and to listen to. As for whether Arthur is his brother, refresh my memory. I think you told me the name Arthur Harrow is completely new, right? It's not a comic book name. It is a comic book name. It's based on a comic book character, but uh, he only showed up in one issue of Moon Knight. That That's time. right. That's right. Only one issue. So I think you're right. I think we are getting uh, 
an Ivan Vanko situation here uh, where you're going to have a, a character who's kind of a mishmash of other characters. And I mean, when you're dealing with somebody, when you're dealing with villains that aren't the most beloved villains in the world uh, that people aren't clamoring for, I say, you know, take these kinds of liberties and do that, right? Like, you know, instead of, I mean, you and I know who Crimson Dynamo is, but, you know, the, the, you, you don't go out and ask a 12-year-old, like, hey, who do you really want to see in the next Iron Man movie? I want to see Crimson Dynamo. Like, <laughs> I want to see Whiplash. No, like, you're getting <laughs> you're getting that, and it's just kind of being put together for the people in the front of the theater to kind of get a whole ball of things together um, because, you know, if you're, if they're going to make four Iron Man movies, they're not going to waste time being this one is about Black Lash and the next one's about Crimson Dynamo. No, just stick them together because they're, they're not the kind of villains that need their own full on movie to look at and, and to uh, yeah. uh, play with them as they appear in the books. So if this is that same scenario where you have Arthur Harrow, who's in one issue, and then you have the brother who is going to be Dark Knight or whatever his name is. Again, you know who he is because you're a Moon Knight fan. I only know who he is because you told me he exists. If I ask my students, hey, you want to see Dark Knight fight Moon Knight? They'll be like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds neat. So I think yeah. they have a good understanding of uh, what's going to appease everybody, no matter where they're sitting in the theater. And I think these mishmashed characters, there's got to be a better word than mishmashed, these... <laughs> uh, this recipe, this character stew, if you will, has all the right ingredients to do that. Yeah, I mean, this is, you, you could be right. I mean, this could just be a, an amalgamation of characters. Um, and it's just, and, and the reason is, is because they want you to focus on the story. Like, yeah. why throw in the villain? Because you're going to think of like 100 different ways of how this villain's going to play in the story. And you're, you're going to start, again, you're going to start dissecting it when you should be just enjoying it. You know what I mean? And it was, it's, it's kind of the same, um, the same, uh, the same kind of thought process was given to us in acting school. We were always told you, you can no longer watch a movie. You have to, you have to watch it with a critical eye. And that bothered me because it's like, well, you know, they, people want you to enjoy it first. Like you should enjoy it, you should enjoy it. However, if, whether you like it or not, you should just enjoy it first. And then if you think it's worth meriting your critical eye then yeah you should totally do that um and so yeah you could be right but i think i i don't know i think a good twist could be that like it's his brother and they haven't he's like he's like don't you remember me like that kind of scene could happen and it could play yeah. out uh and that's what and, and again uh for sure though i think what's interesting here is that there's a bunch of piece there's a bunch of players being all put in certain places here because Layla is clearly clearly the love interest here, um, and her father could be the archaeologist, and there could be a whole re revelation scene of like she thinks he killed, like she learns that he killed him, and then later on, like oh, but he didn't really kill him because there was some there was some other guy who did it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing could happen. So again, it is a fun scene. You're absolutely right. Uh, I love that Conchu also plays a role in the conversation uh of like of like hey you know i i am justice like i know what i'm doing you know kind of thing which is really cool 
Uh, and then we get, a, I always love, I love a fight scene that starts off with running, you know, like yeah. that little pressure of like, we need to get out of here. Let's go. And just, Ooh, give me those hard hits. Um, and again, uh, we get to the scene where they break out through the window or well, Steve Grant goes through the window. Uh, and again, she can't see the dog either. So she obviously, again, only certain people can see these things, which is pretty neat. Um, and then she does get to see it in a kind of a weird shadowy way. So it's kind of like, I think what's cool about this, and there's there's another, I almost forgot I wanted to mention this because this is something you talked about in WandaVision. Um, there's an interesting thing here where it's kind of like Doctor Strange where there's different planes of existence. Right. And so, so we're kind of getting that vocabulary without it, without Marvel explaining it to you, which is kind of neat. It's just kind of like, trust us. This is just, it's going to work. Just watch it and see what happens. Um, now, when he summons it, did you notice the color purple? I did. There's all kinds of purple. And Arthur Harrow actually sat down and put on the Steven Spielberg movie, The Color Purple, after he summoned mm -hmm. it. Because uh, that's, I guess, part of the spell. Um, oh, and one thing to quickly reinforce your theory that Arthur is his brother is that we have yet to see Arthur and Mark share a scene. So it's, it's, still, it's still up there. Uh, but great chase scene that evolves into a great fight. And isn't it wonderful that Steven, who is not 100% you know, caught up to speed with everything yet, he can't stick the superhero landing. That is can't stick amazing. It. <laughs> now, what was interesting was, uh, I, you know, I'm I'm one of those people where I try not to watch all the trailers, but sometimes just I need the craving. I need to scratch that itch and just watch it. So sometimes it kind of count like count the seconds till a scene comes up, scene from the trailer. Uh -huh. uh, Marvel does a good job though, because not all scenes are in the movie, so you're kind of you're kind of still always kind of guessing. So I was like, okay, I'm like, it feels like we're going to see Mr. Knight in this episode. And at first I was like, and when he's like, summon the suit, and he's just falling through here, he's like, okay, summon the suit. <laughs> and he summons literally a suit. And we get Mr. Knight. We get the first appearance of Mr. Knight. Um, now, what's interesting is, is it was Steven in control of the Mr. Knight outfit, which is interesting because, again, Mr. Knight is supposed to be another identity on top of the other identities. That's so right. I don't know. Maybe we're only going to get the two identities. Maybe three if you count like the, the, the ceremonial armor and like that's like a Khonshu Mark Spector I, like persona. I don't know. Um, could be. But so far we've only really seen two personalities of what could potentially be four. Right. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm bummed because I love how it turned out, but it is a little sad to know that we're, you know, that night is a different animal, uh, or, or, sorry, is rather, is the same animal as Steven because we mm. don't get that three way back and forth that I was hoping we'd get. But I did get to learn that Moon Knight is stronger than the average bear, Ryan, because we see him punch the dog and it creates quite a dent in the vehicles and things and, and the walls that he's... So this taught me about him. Again, I'm when it comes to Moon Knight, I'm at the back of the theater. I'm sitting with those folks. And I learned through this that Moon Knight has some powers. Obviously, Khonshu is instilling him with his godlike powers to fight this dog. 
And man, that Moon Knight, uh, rather, sorry, that Mr. Knight costume. If I was a superhero, I would go, I would want to go for something like that, but it would get dirty so fast. Yeah. <laughs> but in the 48 seconds before it gets dirty, I would look fabulous. Yeah, I, I was so excited to see Mr. Knight and he had like the the Screamo sticks, which was really cool. Yes. Um, and I love I love the fighting. You're right. They did do you know it's funny, as a fan, I didn't pick up on it because I, I just knew. Like I inherently knew, but there's a twist. There's an interesting twist to this which I'll explain. But I inherently knew that we'd see him have some super, supernatural ability, which kind of again plays up to like, is he is he maybe he's a mutant? Like, is he just maybe he's born with powers and the multiple identity disorders just you know playing a role in making him think he was resurrected by an Egyptian god and this whole Alice in Wonderland kind of experience? But what's interesting is is like, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that you caught that, which to me was just like I just glazed over it, like, okay, wow. we're gonna see him do, be Mr. Knight, it's gonna be fun. Um and uh I, I i do love the mr knight scene a little bit because i like where where he climbs at the bus and mark's just like okay you, re you ready you, you want to give me control now because like that's <laughs> fun you know um but what i really liked uh or sorry what i think is interesting and i don't know if they're gonna do this because they they reference it but they don't spell it out for you so moon knight's powers are based on the different uh the different types of the moon like the different phases the of phases the right so if it's like a you know half crescent or like a half moon or whatever whatever you want to call it can't remember all the different stages of uh different stages of the moon but like if it's like a full moon then the dude can like leap tall buildings in a single bound and like you know it's super absolute superhuman strength and like just like full-on powers unleashed um so it it all depends uh but why i say it's interesting that they didn't spell it out yet is because he looks at the moon oh right there's a shot there's a shot where the dog after he kills the dog he looks at the dog and he just you know he, he almost also looks at the moon so i i don't know if they're like gonna explain that or like have a different scene where the moon's maybe a different stage and then he may not be as strong or stronger so and what phase was the moon in in this episode i think oh, i can tell you I, I could tell you this i guess i think it was a uh almost a half moon i think it was almost half moon okay so if it's waxing that means it's going to become full so he's mm -hmm. going to get stronger if it's waning it's the opposite it means he's going to get weaker so if it's yes. waning, we're in for a more interesting show because Hera will have the advantage. But again, I don't know if they're going to do that because they did. They did say he's not quite the same powers wise. So, right. but but I don't know if that's based on the 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 premonitions he gets, uh, the life draining from touching other people, kind um, all that stuff. Like actually, Arthur Harrow's power is similar to Moon, Moon Knight can do that. Like he can absorb people's life force, so so uh, clearly again, like they they made some changes there. But I kind of want to see the moon thing. I want to see if the moon's gonna play a role in his powers. But first of all, when the transformation happened and they did the running and all of it, oh oh my god, it's just <laughs> all the feels. Um, yeah, I was just having total superhero just joy 
And I love that he like grouped him and just impaled him with the thing. Uh, and uh, and then again, I just love seeing Mark go nuts and like smash the mirror after talking to Steve Grant. That was so good. Do you think maybe they'll leave out the moon phases because it's you're already you're already going to see something very similar in Werewolf by Night? It's possible. It's it again. I don't know. I I don't have enough information to kind of that that answer that question because. Um, well, damn it, yeah. Ryan! What good are you today? <laughs> well, no, because like, first of all, like the Werewolf by Night thing. Like, if they do it, if they even do it, I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, did they really? They got funny? a director. Yeah, I don't know if it's like. I don't know how far along it is, but James told me they got, I don't know why I didn't even realize he was directing, but Michael Giacchino, like one of the biggest composers in the world right now, is directing it. Huh. So I don't know if it's supposed to come out mm -hmm. this Halloween. I think that's a little soon. Uh, they mm. haven't added it to any slates or anything, but yeah, it's uh, it's apparently being made as a Disney Plus special uh, in the same vein as the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Interesting. Well, if that's the case, uh, to answer your question specifically, speculation-wise, uh, I would say probably. I actually, that's possible. I would say it's definitely possible because you don't want to do have repetition, right? Like, oh, you know, the wolf's getting powerful, as Moon Knight's getting weaker, and this whole thing, and just God knows. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair though. I won't be too disappointed if the moon phase move phasing thing doesn't play out. Like I won't be too disappointed. Cause again, you know, it's just cool to see him summon the suit and just be a badass. Yes. Um, and that suit just, when you see it, there's just something special about it. It really is a really unique looking suit and seeing him jump across that roof. That was the one thing I remember from the trailer. That shot is gorgeous. And he just, he lights up the sky and everything is just amped up from the last episode. Last episode spent a lot of time in the museum. We really didn't, uh, well, that's not true. I was going to say we didn't leave the museum very much, but we had that whole truck chase. Um, but this one just felt like it moved the plot along a lot more. Um, and as it starts going towards the end where Mark's in control and he's talking to Conchu, uh, mm. we get to where we kind of all knew we were going. It was just a matter of when, which is the beautiful great pyramids of Giza, Egypt. We are there. And Khonshu, I, I, I want to give props to their depiction of Khonshu, because like you said, he could have been too fun and they've kind of veered him back a little bit, but they found a nice middle ground because I find when you deal with fantasy pretty much everywhere not just marvel but any you know books whatever when it comes to characters who are gods they tend to get written very boring uh, i'm looking at you apocalypse my least favorite x-men villain um <laughs> and i was worried that we might end up with a similar kind of character when i heard that conchu was going to be like a big character in this so i'm glad he's not like apocalypse you know i'm glad he's not like I am Conchu. I have no personality. I do not use contractions when I speak. You shall listen to me. I'm glad he actually talks like a person. 
And yeah. there's just this sense of fun to him. And he's got this attitude. Uh, like, And I love that final episode, the final line, rather, of the episode where Mark's like, where are we going? And he says, where the hell do you think? Like, like this, this guy is so cool. Like, they don't write gods like this that often. So thank you, whoever's in charge of writing gods dialogue. I would say, I would say, though he is a god, yes. I would say they're definitely writing him more like a very strict teacher. Yeah, by the, that that seems to be the kind of relationship they have. Um, he, yeah, but you're right. I, I, but I think it was smart to pull him back a little bit in this one and kind of find the middle ground because now, because it just makes it gives him that authority that he needs to have as a character. Like my favorite, one of my favorite lines is like, "You think you own that body." Like I love, like immediately he calls him out, and he's like, "You think you own that body? Like I gave you life. Like you know, you have to do. That's the deal. I let you live, and you're gonna do what I need you to do. You have a debt to pay, right? So I really like that. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's so exciting this show. And and you're right. Like this time they just blitz the pacing. Like they like like they're like, okay, now you get what's going on. Okay, let's go 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 go. And um. And yeah, they're wasting no time. Like I, I'm actually going to be really interested to see. I'm actually going to be really interested to see the next like few episodes because because already we already have the introduction of what his story is of what how he how he started to become Moon Knight. Um, so obviously now is is the next episode or the at least the next two are going to be about him becoming Moon Knight. Like how did it happen in Egypt? So that's going to be fun. But to be fair, then if that's the case, then what are the last two episodes going to be? Like, this is a fun ride and it is, it is picking up steam very quickly. Like they, like the first episode, you're right, is pretty fun. And it, but at the same time, it doesn't really open up the story as much yet. Right. They just literally have these events. And now, now. So I wouldn't be surprised based on just the patterns of streaming shows. I feel like next week we're going to get a much slower episode. As, and it's just how streaming shows tend to work. You always start off really, really strong. And a lot of shows in episode two, they're like, okay, we started off strong. Now let's slow down and let's do this. Like even Mandalorian did that. Like it's a very common thing just in the pacing of how these shows work because they really are a thing unto themselves. They're not paced like movies and they're not paced like normal TV shows. Uh, so I would not be surprised at all if three and maybe even four are really low-key and slow compared to what we've gotten. But in terms of pacing, which is something I wanted to bring up here, so this was my comment from the beginning where you talk about how great the pacing was, and I agree, I'm loving it. I think this is the first time that a Marvel show has made me wish it was a movie instead. but i it was only just a euphoric feeling during this episode because i was having such a great time Mm -hmm. and i don't necessarily know if i would rather have this be a movie or not um i'd rather make that judgment call when it's all said and done but i feel like this story is so good and unique and you have these great actors playing them and everything like all everything's running on full steam here and based on the hour and a half we've gotten so far hour and 40 minutes that we've gotten so far uh it's a great first act of a movie so 
I don't know, would this have worked as like a three-hour movie as opposed to a six-episode show? That's something I have to wait and, and see when it's all said and done. But I don't know if you agree, but I just feel like right now this feels more like the plot at least. Pacing aside, the plot feels like it could very much be a film. No, I agree. I, I think when you summarize it at the end like that, which I think was really, I think that's a really good way to talk about it, is like, so far, the content they've given you definitely feels like it should have been a movie. But it, I think that's because it captures the Marvel formula so well. You know what I mean? Like, this is just a brilliant execution. Like, this is one of those things where I know Kevin Feige has said in the past, he's like, we don't want to do origin stories anymore because, like, they're they're old they're they're getting very redundant you know um but in this particular case this is not your typical origin story this is a fun character they even said it they they said it. it's a character study and this is a really fun character study so could it have been a movie yeah i don't know if we can answer that based on the amount of content we've gotten thus far but i feel like it definitely i think it merits the same feeling as a uh as a movie yeah, it, it merits it, and it's it's really something that I'll have to judge when everything's over. But right now, because, well, really... well, here's the other thing, too, is they said they wanted to capture the same feeling you got when watching Iron Man, the very first Iron Man. Okay. So that's why I think it really does feel like a movie. And I honestly, the, the bar that Moon Knight has now set, every Disney Plus series should feel like a movie. It should. Yes. Loki felt like a TV show, but it was fun. It was a fun TV show. Yes. Same with WandaVision. Uh, and then yeah. I feel like Hawkeye actually felt more like a movie. It did. It, it Honestly, I would agree with that as well. I think Hawkeye did feel like a movie. I, I personally think, though, with Hawkeye, it still needed some fine-tuning to really give it that movie tier. But I think it, I think it had all the ingredients it needed it just needed some fine tuning to really make it a Hawkeye spy kind of fun movie feel that, uh, that like, like for example, black widow and Hawkeye equally could have been movies and, and black yes. widow was and Hawkeye wasn't, but they both, the way the, the way the materials, the materials that they had both could have made them movies. And it's, it's interesting, but I don't know. I, you know, it's funny because, like, imagine if Hawkeye was a movie and they dropped the kingpin bomb like that. Like, how cool would have that been, right? Like, whoo! You would have seen me running around in the in the movie theater and just crying. I, I would have I, hugged I, the screen. I think you would have been like a cat, like just literally launched to the ceiling and just like hung from the ceiling in shock. You know, like that's <laughs> how it would have been. Like, sir, your friend's gonna have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh boy, um, and then we we end in Cairo and uh, in the Giza Strip there in Egypt. He's obviously going to go for some kind of artifact there. I'm assuming, right? You don't go to ancient Egypt. The, they're going after the scarab. Bingo. They're going to try to they're going to try to get to Arthur Harrow before he gets to the location. They're intercepting. Uh, intercepting. It's like a one way ticket to Scarab Town. And now they're there. I hope they run into Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss, mm -hmm. and they're hunting mummies and they team up and Emotep tries to stop them. And it's just, it's fun all around. Um, I wanted to bring something up here that I'm a little confused by. 
Okay. And it's... Oh, yeah, you um, mentioned there's something we didn't get to it yet, but is this what you're talking about, the, the thing you wanted to talk about near the end? Uh, no, that was the pacing thing. That was the, the oh, okay. movie pacing thing. But it's this. It's the fact that this show has two different logos now. This is the one that we have been, that we have known of since they announced the show like three years ago, right? Mm -hmm. This is the Moon Knight logo, and it's, it's the one I prefer. But now... Yeah. On uh, when you watch the show, I don't have a screenshot of it, unfortunately. But when you watch the show, when we get to the credits and they show the name of the show, there's a much more basic kind of boring logo, and that's the one they've been using. And I'm baffled because I'm like, where did this come from? What happened to the old logo? I'm confused. I started crying. I tweeted Kevin Feige a lot. His lawyers got back to me. They were not happy, and I just want to know what's happening. Do you do you, do you have any idea? Ah. Uh... I'm going logo loco over here. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's it's hard to say, man. I don't know. Every little detail of Marvel, I could go, I could reach for some crazy theories, and I can, at the same time, it could mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> but it could it could play to the faces of the moon. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It it feels very logo. Like they took something really cool and turned it into like a cheap looking Netflix logo. The same thing was happening here and I don't get it because all the other shows, they've used their logos. Like the ones that you see off the bat, that they use them, except this. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, I am boycotting Marvel. Is the well, I'll tell you what's going what's gonna, to what's gonna happen though. I think is of course they're giving us pieces of his origin in each episode as we slowly get to the, as we get to the end, we'll have the full origin story that started everything, right? So it's kind of right. like the beginning, beginning meets the end and the end meets the beginning. Um, uh, so interesting enough is, uh, uh, so interesting enough, I think the next episode is, I think we're going to start to see how Mark Spector got to Egypt and what life was like as a mercenary. We may get introduced to Duchamp. I, mm -hmm. I don't see why not. I know there's another character we're supposed to see, uh, which is the the actor who uh, who unfortunately had that accident and, and uh, passed away. But uh, there's still another character we're supposed to see. But I know Frenchie could be a big, could be a cameo character we may get. But I think definitely, and I hope this is the case, is like we actually see Mark Spector meet up with Raoul Bushman, and this character could be a major villain later on, but we just get to see the start of their 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 rivalry. Yeah, go for it. Play that long game. Play the long game. And then and then so episode four is like how he mixed up with the wrong people. And how he didn't like his mercenary life and blah, 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 blah. And then his life with Layla a bit. And then episode four is going to be like him getting killed, being presented to Khonshu, becoming Moon Knight. And then four, and then five and six are like the big climactic battle. Yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, as for like three and four, I, I am preparing myself for them to be slower. It just, it makes sense. Streaming shows have proved that that's mm -hmm. the way they roll. So... If next week, Ryan, we get like a slow burn, even if it's like you said, we we talk about Mark's origins, maybe we even go back in time entirely. So the whole thing is a flashback. That could very well be the case. I'm prepared for it. 
either way, I'm ready to have a good time. It's going to be great. Honestly, this this episode is the best way to kick off. Like, like we need to understand something, too, as Marvel fans. This is the first time ever a character has been introduced in Disney Plus with their own show. Ooh, good point. Right? That's really good point. And so that's a pretty big deal. We may not get, like, a Blade cameo after all based on, like, based on how characters based on how marvel wants the spotlight to be on certain characters right like for example they said that they wanted wasp in uh civil war but they said there's way too many characters going on and they don't want to introduce wasp fully as wasp yeah. they wanted to introduce her on her own movie in her own terms kind of thing and so this could be the same thing with moon knight is like look we gave you moon knight and we gave yeah. you his own show so like we don't want to we don't want blade to steal his thunder but that being said like it, it would be awesome it'd be really cool <laughs> but i i don't think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna get blade i would be very i i am if i could bet on both i would totally bet on one of the two outcomes happening because then i'd be right either way but i'm starting to lean on the side of like blade may not come because this is a moon night show like this is a moon night show and this is his own show and he just like he's kicked it off so well he had he's had great success according to the numbers this is not like the best show Lo i think loki still far surpasses moon night um uh, but moon knight's pretty much right i think he's like second or third place in the marvel like disney plus shows so it's a pretty big deal. Um, I never looked at the numbers. I'd be curious to check those out. It's so uh, Moon Knight debuted with 1.8 million viewers, and that is the same as Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right. So it's a slow, I, one. but I, like you said, it's a character people don't know about, right? Everybody about yeah. Soldier, so they got to build time to love them. That's all. That's it, right? They they absolutely got to do that. I'm trying to see if I can quickly find like the numbers, but I don't think I'll be able to. I it's one of those Instagram things where once you see it once, it's almost yeah. impossible to, to find again. But I'll quickly double check. Uh, I have two sources I can quickly double check as I go here. But to me, like this character has had nothing but like amazing success. And um... oh wait, I got it. Okay. Loki had 2.5 millions, uh, 2.5 million viewers on the first episode. Okay. These are all like premieres, okay? All right. premieres. So it goes Loki, then Moon Knight just slightly is second and just slightly Ooh. beats Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Then it's one division with 1.6 million, and then finally Hawkeye with 1.5. Wow, I am shocked that WandaVision's not closer to the top like it's the first one there was excitement wow i think well I th wanda's wanda's again a character that's not as like i think she's now i again i don't want fans to like come and hunt me down kind of thing here like too I late they're on their way <laughs> i think i mean you know you, you uh hold on three words house of m kind of thing right yeah um but like but i on the grand scale of fans versus non-fans when it comes to non-fans i don't think wanda is as strong as a character like pulling in the non-fans as much but when people see it when people see wandavision like the whole series 
I think that they 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 definitely earned a lot of new fans because of the medium and the way they told the story. I think it was brilliant. But Loki, for example, Loki is like is just like for some reason is like Batman, like or sorry, like like watching Dark Knight. Like it just pulled in so many new viewers that I had people like we had people in school coming up to us that normally aren't comic book fans, and they're like dark knight was the best movie ever and it's like you don't even know <laughs> comics like you don't you don't know like you don't get it you don't know why it's good you know what i mean like you'll you you see it from one angle and see and see it that it's good because it has amazing has amazing performances in it but you don't appreciate why it's really that good like you don't understand the comic book storytelling that they're doing with it and like you know the kind of all these kind of elements so it's the same with WandaVision. Like WandaVision, or like, sorry, same with Loki. Loki pulled in people because just people just love watching Loki. Like just love watching this guy. Um, so yeah, and and Moon Knight is just, I think he's so far out of left field, but I'm so glad Marvel's, honestly, I'm surprised Marvel hasn't done it with like characters like Nighthawk or like, uh, you know, or even, oh man, I'm trying to think of like other characters right now, but I'm struggling. But uh, but like Captain Britain, for example, like just like pull these weird characters out of nowhere and just give them a show. See what happens. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's only a matter of time. Like oh, like Nighthawk. Yeah, like it, honestly, Moon Knight and Nighthawk feel so interchangeable that it's like you will you'll see stuff like that pop up as successful as this gets. I mean, She-Hulk is another one who is going to be introduced for the first time. So we're going to definitely get to that point. That's exciting. Well, that was Moon Knight episode two. Only four left already. Ryan, tell the people where to find you and please let us know, am I going to get my Marvel United board game before this show is over? <laughs> uh, yes. I, I mean, you know, hopefully they get over this strike that they're going through. Hopefully it all works out. Um, I'm actually kind of worried now that one of my games aren't going to show up in time now, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Anyways, you can find me on Instagram at Ryan J. Whitehead, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Crusader Online, and you can find me streaming live on, uh, on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Andrew Fantasia, uh, and uh, at the uh, Andrew Fantasia YouTube channel, as well. I'm just come to think of it. I don't think I said my name off the top of the podcast and introduced myself. So welcome to Infinity Rewatch. I'm Andrew Fantasia. Thanks for watching Infinity Rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, if you love listening to us as an audio podcast, you can download all of our episodes anywhere you get your podcast at the Rebel Scum Podcast Network. That's where you can find us. If you like watching our beautiful, handsome faces, especially this guy, Ryan, right here, if you like watching our faces as we do these in video form, you can find us on the Digital Charcuterie YouTube channel. It's called that because like a charcuterie board, we have all kinds of variety and we're usually sitting on wooden surfaces. So there you go. Oh, and buy well, my book, Side Scroller. It's board. on Amazon. We're on the we're on the board where all the meats are. We're we're the meat yes. of the char the charcuterie board. We are what are those, you know, where it's like there's a cracker with like feta or something and then there's like a, a jelly, like a, there'd be like a, a raspberry jelly that pairs with the feta, with the spicy. I feel like that's us because we're sweet, <laughs> right? So we're like that delicious jelly that goes with the feta and the cracker. 
That's where we sit. <laughs> yep. There you go. Well, Moon Knight is chugging along. We'll be here next week to talk about episode three. Until then, I hope your board game comes. I hope my board game comes. And I hope all of you have a marvelous day. <laughs>